0: hey everyone welcome to christ fellowship church online my name is carlos and i serve as one of the teaching pastors here for christ fellowship and even though we're not meeting together physically church is wherever you are now so whether you are in your living room sitting on your couch or perhaps you're in the kitchen making breakfast for your family or maybe You're at the office doing some work. Wherever you are, we want to welcome you and we want to say thank you for joining us today. It's not by coincidence that you're joining us, but God has a message for you for your life. Well, we are in the middle of a series called Survive and Thrive, where God not only wants us to survive in our walk with Him, but He also wants us to thrive in it. And so with that being said, we've been going through the book of Colossians since the beginning of the, of the year. And so the passage that we're going to unfold today is Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Here's what the word of God says. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Amen, amen. Well, that is the word of the Lord today. You know, if you know me really well, I love food. I love to eat. But what few people know about me is that when I was a young little boy, I was short and chunky because I always liked to eat, so I was a little chunky boy. That's one of the reasons why I do a lot of cardio so that I don't gain that weight. But earlier this year, I embarked in a new journey. I went on a 10-day detox program. In fact, how many of you, there where you are, lift your hand up if you've done a detox before. Yeah, yeah, you can make some noise, you can lift your hand up, you can put a comment there. I actually was excited to go on this 10 day detox program. So I went to the grocery stores, I went to Aldi, I went to Trader Joe's, I went to Whole Foods and I stocked up on all the healthy stuff. I mean, I had bags of spinach, I had my broccoli, I had my blueberries, carrots, kale, everything that you can think of, all the healthy things. So finally, day one came, and I was ready to go on that journey. So I took out my detox book, woke up early in the morning, and started preparing the shake that I had to drink. So I started putting the powder, I put some kale, I put some spinach, some carrots, some blueberries, and I started drinking that shake. And let me tell you, if you've ever done a detox program, the shake is actually not bad. It actually tastes pretty good. But here's what happened. The longer I was in that journey, there was this book, this detox book that I had to follow. And it was filled with rules and regulations. And the longer that I was on that journey, the more rules and regulations I had to follow. And the list of things that I could not eat, the list of things that I could not enjoy, the list of things that I could not consume became longer and longer to the point that I got so exhausted and I wanted to quit that journey. I no longer wanted to do this detox program. Now, let me bring all of that over to our teaching for today. Because what an image of how some of us view the Christian life. And by that, I mean, just like I had to follow a bunch of rules and regulations, and if I don't follow those rules, I become a failure. Many people view the Christian life the same way. They start a relationship with Christ and they begin to read God's word and they think that their Christian life is all based on all these rules and regulations and even traditions that they have to follow. And they think the moment they don't follow the rule, they're disqualified. The moment that they don't follow the regulation, the moment that they don't obey, they are a failure and not a success in their spiritual life. But here's the good news for us today. In fact, this is our big idea for this weekend. You see, the Christian life is not solely dependent on rules and regulations, but rather the Christian life is solely based on a relationship with God. Now you might be thinking, Pastor Carlos, um, I'm tracking with you and I, and I get you, but I thought that being a Christian was all about doing a list of do's and doing the th- things, staying away from things that we shouldn't do. I thought following Jesus was all about regulations and rules. What do you mean by a relationship with God? And how does that relationship with God even look like? Well, we're gonna find out today as we go through this passage in Colossians chapter two. So we love to take notes and I know we're not meeting physically, but there in your living room, take out your tablet, take your iPhone, iPad, whatever device you use, make sure that you take notes today. Here's the first point that I want you to write down is God wants a relationship with you. Here's the good news. No matter what you've done in the past, No matter the things that you did before, no matter who you are, no matter what is your background, God wants a relationship with you. Now, I want to give us some context to set up the teaching and the passage for us today. We've been going through the book of Colossians, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. And the Apostle Paul is writing this letter to the church in the city of Colossae. He's actually writing this letter from his prison cell and the church of the city of Colossae is actually made up of new believers. These are new Christians who are trying to learn the things of God. But here's something very imperative that I want all of us to comprehend in this teaching. That while the Apostle Paul is writing this letter, there are several false or heretical teachings that were going on and it was pervasive not only in the city of Colossae, but in the church as well. One of the false heretical teachings that we've heard about, Pastor Omar has alluded to this in previous messages, was the false teaching of Gnosticism. Gnosticism basically is that outside of having faith in Christ, there is this higher knowledge that only a few people possess. And these few people are considered Gnostics. The other heretical teaching that was going on was called mysticism. Outside of having faith in Jesus, there is this mystical or subjective inner feeling that every believer should experience. And the other heretical teaching that was really pervasive in that culture was legalism. And this is the one that we're going to focus on uh, today because Paul is confronting this heretical teaching. See, legalism says that our faith is based on our works. In other words, we are only saved, yes, by faith in Jesus, but also by our human achievement, also by our good deeds and our good works. And so Paul begins this verse by confronting that heretical teaching. Look at what the Bible says in Colossians 2, verse 16. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you In questions of food and drink, or with regard to a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath. Now, Paul is not advocating for alcoholism or even gluttony. But what he is referring to are the dietary restrictions from the Old Testament. You see, what was happening in this time is that these legalistic teachers were saying, in order for you to have a relationship with God, you have to have faith in Jesus but you also have to follow all these rules and the Old Testament law. And so Paul is saying, don't let anyone judge you. Christ is enough. In other words, I want you to write this down as your next point for today. Only by faith in Jesus Christ can you have a relationship with God. You see, the problem With these false teachings, these heretical messages, is that they add something else outside of Jesus to the equation of our salvation. In other words, it's Jesus plus a higher knowledge. Jesus plus a mystical feeling, plus a spiritual subjective feeling, Jesus plus your good works, Jesus plus your good deeds, Jesus plus your human achievements. And Paul is saying, no, 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 you got it all wrong. It's not Jesus plus something that equals your salvation. No, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. See, whenever you add Jesus, something else to the equation, outside of Jesus, to your salvation, inadvertently, you are saying that the cross is not enough. You're communicating, you're conveying that the sacrifice of Jesus, taking all of our sins, being buried and being raised from the grave was not enough to forgive me of my sins. Inadvertently, you're communicating that what Jesus did for you on the cross was not enough to forgive you of all your sins. But I love what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, say with me, faith, there where you are, say faith. Say it again, faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say without your good works, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say without being a good person, it is impossible to please God. It doesn't say without feeling a mystical, spiritual, inner feeling, it is impossible to please God. No, 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 no. It says without faith in Jesus Christ, it is impossible to please God. And so what was happening In the church of the city of Colossae, these false teachers were judging other believers and they were saying, you, you're not saved. You are not really a follower of Jesus because you don't obey all these Old Testament rules. You're not following the law. They were possessing the position of God. Only God is the judge. And they were disqualifying people from their relationship with Christ. In fact, I want you to write this down as your next point. Don't allow others to disqualify you. Don't allow others to disqualify you of your relationship with God. I wanna encourage you today, wherever you are, I wanna remind you today, you are not what your ex-husband thinks of you. You are not what your ex-boss thinks about you. You are not what that person on Facebook or Instagram or that person tweeted about you. You are none of those things, but rather you are what God says who you are. And God says that you are his child and the moment that you trusted in Jesus Christ, he forgave you of all your past, present, and future sins. You are a child of God. Don't allow others to disqualify you from that. You can say amen to that. But in the same time as Paul is writing this and he's saying, don't let others judge you, he's inadvertently saying, don't you do the judging. Don't you disqualify others. So I want you to write this down as your next point for today. Don't disqualify others. Don't allow others to disqualify you. But don't disqualify others. You see, the dangerous thing about legalism, first of all, your salvation is based on the things that you do. So if you do good, you're good. If you don't do well, you're not good. But the other dangerous thing about legalism, you start placing your expectations on other people. You know, going back to the story of the detox when I was drinking my shake, detox shake, I felt so good about myself. There was like a sense of pride. Like, hey, I'm, I'm doing better than all you guys. It, 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 actually, it was when I was doing the detox, it was during the time of our Doral campus launch. And I remember, I think I was on day four, going to the volunteer room with my shake. It was all nice and green and healthy. And then John Rodriguez and Will show up with stacks of Vicky Bakery, Vicky's Bakery. I mean, they had stacks of pastelito de guayaba and queso and croquetas and empanadas and all the unhealthy stuff. And then someone else came in with so many different slices of pizza, boxes of pizza into the volunteer room. And I looked at John. And I said, Hey, uh, you should be eating healthier. I don't think you should be devouring three slices of pizza. I think you should take a detox shake. I started placing my expectation on other people. And I wanted them to do some of the things that I was doing. That's how legalism works. Oh, I always post about God on my Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. I'm always posting my Bible verse. She never does comments about God. She never puts anything about Christianity. All she does is post things about her hair and her makeup. Or all he does is post things about sports and what he's watching on Netflix. I'm holier than her. I'm holier than him. Oh, pastor, pastor, but, but I listen to this preacher who is so theologically deep and does incredible exposition of the text. And that is the type of preacher that I listen to. And that other person, they listen to a preacher that is just topical. He's just light and fluffy. I'm holier. I'm more safe than that person. Legalism. Being legalistic. Oh, my children, they go to bed on time all the time. Before they go to bed, they uh, listen to God's word. They, They read God's word for about 30 minutes and they pray for about 15 minutes. And they're memorizing scripture every single day. While her children, they're a mess. They listen and watch things that they shouldn't be watching. They're nothing like my children. I am a more godlier parent than her. Legalism. And you know what the problem is with legalism? It is difficult to detect. If you are more aware of the sin of others than your own sin, you're being legalistic. Let me say that again. If you are more aware of the sin of others than your own sin, you're being legalistic. And you know, no one, I've been in ministry for over 10 years. No one has come to my office and said, Pastor Carlos, Pastor Carlos, I struggle with legalism. I struggle with being legalistic. No, no. People will say, Pastor Carlos, I struggle with alcoholism. I struggle with pornography." I'm having marital issues, financial issues. No one comes to me and says, I struggle with legalism because it is often oftentimes it is so difficult to detect. And there is a certain pride in every single one of us. But I want to remind you today that your works do not save you. In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah 64 that our good works, our good deeds are nothing in comparison to the holiness of God. But this is good news because it makes God's grace, God's mercy, God's compassion, God's love for us even much better and greater. We don't depend on our good works. And because of that, we can experience true freedom in Jesus Christ. In fact, I want you to write this down as your next point for today. Enjoy the freedom. In that relationship. Enjoy the freedom that comes uh, through Jesus. You know, Galatians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul writes this in Galatians 5. If we can go to 5, verse 1. Galatians chapter 5, 5, verse 1 is the passage that I wanted to share. I don't think they have it on the screen, but let me let me share it with you in the booklet. By the way, the production people have done an amazing job. So there where you are, we can just give it up for our production people. They're phenomenal. But Galatians chapter five, verse one, it says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, wait a minute, Pastor Carlos, are you saying that I can do whatever I want to do because there is freedom in Christ? Are you saying that I can live like hell and live outside of the will of God? Absolutely not, In fact, in verse 13, Paul gives us the answer to that. For you are called to freedom, brothers. Not only only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. In other words, Paul is saying God has given you freedom not for you to live a licentious lifestyle, not to live like hell and be outside of the will of God, but rather God has given you freedom So that you can love and serve him. And so that you can love and serve other people. God has given you that freedom so that you can serve others. I love what Tim Keller, Pastor Tim Keller, author, theologian, and pastor. He said the following about this topic, about this subject. And Tim Keller says this. If a person has grasped the meaning of God's grace in his heart... He will do justice. In other words, when you truly comprehend the mercy and the grace, you're not who you used to be. You were far away from the things of God, and God has extended his mercy and grace and forgiveness and compassion towards you. It will lead you to do good works. I always say this all the time. We're not saved by our good works, but rather we are saved for Good works. Here's how this works. You see, legalism, religion says, if we obey, then God will accept us. That's what legalism says. The gospel says, because you've been accepted by God, therefore you obey. Legalism focuses on what you need to do for God. The gospel, people that understand the gospel, focuses on what Jesus Christ already did for us on the cross. That he took all of our sin, all of our shame, all of our guilt. You see, legalism gives no assurance of your salvation. But when you understand the gospel, it gives you confidence that you are his child, that you are his son, that you are his daughter, that you, we are his children. See, legalism, religion, stands on the strength and merits of ourselves. The gospel rests on the merits of Christ. Can you say amen to that? That God has chosen you, that God did not only give you a new chance, he gave you a new life. Oh, God gave me another chance. No, 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 sweetie, sir. He didn't give you just a chance. He gave you a new life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation, new life, not a new chance, new life. The old has gone and the new has come. Enjoy the freedom in that relationship. But you know, the sad thing about this oftentimes Believers, they don't walk in that freedom. You know, one of the things that I tell people, I ask them this question I say, Hey, how sure are you of your salvation? Let me ask you this. If you were to die today, and I don't want to be morbid, but if you were to die today, how sure are you that you will be in eternity with God? From one to ten. One meaning that you're not sure at all. Ten, that you're ultra sure that you'll be in the presence of God. In fact, I want to ask you that question, wherever you are now. How would you answer that? If something were to happen to you today, are you a 1 or a 10? You know what people often, how they often answer that question? Usually people will say a 5. Usually people will say a 5. I had one guy say 9.9999998. <laughs> That's not freedom. That is not freedom in Christ. You're either a 1 or a 10, but you're not a 5. Can you imagine if you asked my son Noah, hey, Noah, how sure are you that you are Carlos's son? And he said, 5? What would that say about me? As a dad, that is not the type of savior we serve in order to survive and thrive in our relationship with God. It's all about relationship. And God embraces you. You're watching us right now as his child. The moment that you trust your faith in Jesus Christ. Enjoy the freedom that comes with that relationship. Enjoy the fellowship that comes in that relationship. What I love is that God not only gives us freedom, but God is not a God who is distant. God is not a God who is far away or removed from his creation or uninterested in us, but rather God is close and near to us. And God wants us to fellowship with him. How do we grow? How do we cultivate our relationship with God? By reading God's word, by praying, by worshiping, by serving, by fasting, all these things, we are growing in our fellowship, in our relationship with God. You know, sometimes, oftentimes, us preachers, we, are, we can be good about giving you the theology, the why behind something, but oftentimes we neglect to give you practical resources or practical tools to help you accomplish the things of God. And so I wanna give us a practical way that we can connect with God. And it's called the first 15. Say with me, first 15. There where you are, first 15. I've used this before, and I shared this about a year and a half ago, but I think it is so fitting, especially in this time, this COVID-19 season, for some of us, we have more time. Others of us, we have less time. But the first 15, it's five minutes, starting the first 15 minutes of your day with God. Five minutes in worship, five minutes in reading God's word, and five minutes in prayer. You might be thinking, Pastor Carlos, I read God's word every single day for 30 minutes. Praise God. This is just one way to connect with God. It's not the only way to grow in your relationship. In fact, here's what I want us to do. I wanna get really practical right now. But there where you are, I want you to take out your iPhone, wave it at me, your phone, whatever device you have. And I want us to download this image. So you're gonna go, and I'm gonna do it right now. You're gonna put the number 31, 31, 31. And I want you to put all together first 15, all together, and then you're going to send it and we're going to give you a graphic why are we giving you a graphic so you are reminded throughout the day before you go on social media before you turn on the news before you text your buddy your friend your bff you spend those first 15 minutes with god so make sure that you text the word there it goes first 15 to the number 313131. 31, 31. Then you're gonna get a link. All you have to do is click on that link and you're gonna be able to download that image. You can put it as your screensaver. You can text it to someone. You can send it to someone on social media. First 15 minutes connecting, building up my relationship with. With Christ don't allow others to disqualify you don't disqualify others and enjoy the freedom and the fellowship that comes with Jesus Christ but I know what some of you are thinking but pastor Carlos you just don't get it you just don't know me you just don't know my past you just don't know my situation you just don't know my background how can god love me how can god say i'm his child how can god say i am his son i am his daughter god can't forgive me i might not know your past but if you feel that way you don't know my savior and the bible says therefore there is no condemnation For those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 5.8 says that while you were still a sinner, far away from the things of God, Jesus died for you. And he wants a relationship with you. The Bible says in John chapter 10, nothing can snatch you out of the hands of God. You know, during this COVID-19 season, I have three beautiful children. They're all under the age of six. It's been challenging. Someone can say amen to that. I'm gonna be honest. It's been hard for my wife and I. There's a moments, and my children, just like any kid, they can be disobedient. They could do things that I don't want them to do. But when I look at Noah, when I look at Nathan, I don't say, there goes Noah, who is always fighting with his brother Nathan. There goes Nathan, who doesn't wanna share his toys. There goes Everly, who is always making a mess at home. There goes all my disobedient children. I don't say that. I say, there goes my son that I love and I am pleased with. There goes my daughter, precious beautiful daughter that i want to embrace every single day i am preaching to somebody today if i feel that way and i'm a sinner and i'm imperfect and i'm flawless how much more our heavenly father who is perfect sinless who created you and i walk in the freedom that comes in Jesus Christ alone in order to survive and thrive. It's not about all these rules and regulations that you are consumed with. That will come after you embrace the Father, after you embrace the mercy and the grace of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes. Don't turn this off yet. Maybe you're joining us for the first time and you've never made a decision to follow Christ. And as I was preaching, you're like Pastor Carlos. It now makes sense. It's all about the mercy and grace through Jesus. Today, my friend, you have an opportunity to make a decision to follow Jesus. Stay where you are, seated where you are, Wherever this message finds you, God has found you, which is the most important thing. And God embraces you today as his child. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. You can pray something similar or you can pray the same exact words. It is not the prayer that saves you, but rather the condition of your heart. And God wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants it all. Let's pray. Father God, I come before you. And I recognize that I am a sinner in need of saving. Jesus, I believe that you died, you were buried, and you were raised from the grave. Today, I trust in you, Jesus. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my everything. I will follow you from this day forward. It's in your holy and precious name that I pray. Amen. And amen. I know we're not at church right now, but can we just give it up for all those that made a decision to follow Christ? Here's what I want you to do. If you made that decision, there's someone that wants to connect with you. Make sure that you fill out that connection card online. It's there. It's very easy to, to fill out. We want to be able to connect with you. We want to welcome you to God's family. I love you, Christ Fellowship. Stay safe. God bless you.